This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Yep. That is the noise of a jar that I'm placing on my desk. Uh huh. And every time you say Stephanie Myers instead of Stephanie Meyer, okay, I'm put a bus token in there, and that bus token <laughs> represents a beer that you're gonna buy me. <laughs> okay. Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> not Myers. Okay. I'm just gonna say Stephanie Meyer, not Steph- the other Steph- one. Stephanie M. Ste- Stephan. Steph. Uh, welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And if you couldn't tell, we are going to be talking about uh, Stephanie Meyer apostrophe S. No. Well, okay. Sure. All right. I'll allow it. Twilight uh, Book 3 Eclipse mm-hmm. or Eclipse Book 3 of the Twilight Saga for all you mm-hmm. Twilight heads out there. <laughs> And um, yeah, Andrew, I when we started our new moon episode, mm-hmm. we uh, we put a little caveat up front that was like, "Hey, we're probably gonna slam on some parts of this book that are a little wonky," but like, but it comes we from were, a place of love, right? Yeah, we were enjoying the ride. Um, we were enjoying the ride, and then Eclipse came. <laughs> And now I'm like, are we there yet? Though, oh this sure, is, this is that part of every road trip. Where you are getting low on good podcasts, and you're like, you know, are we done? Like, are can we, we be done on the other side? So this book was released in 2007. Yeah, um, we were also young. We were also young. Except, I um, mean, I guess the vampires among us would have been the same age. Yes, that's but. true. Um, it sold 150,000 copies on its first day. That's cool. not that great. I could do uh, that. Okay. <laughs> Is number one on the USA Today list. It, like, I think it knocked, knocked Harry Potter and the Deathly yeah. Hallows off the list. Um, of the best-selling books We're out of, of the number one selling yes. spot, I think. Yeah. Of the no, of the best-selling books of 2008, it was the fourth best-selling book behind all of the other Twilight books. So, if we, so th- less popular than number four. Yes. Huh. Yes. Um, it originally had a different ending because her original contract was only for three books. So there was at least one draft of this novel where it was the conclusion. Um, I could see her changing that halfway through this book, maybe. Um, based you on could the like detect go. that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, this book, she said, like they all have like a literary allusion to them. Like the first book is Romeo and Juliet. I don't remember what the second one is. Not important. And this one is Wuthering Heights, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. which comes up a couple times. At one point, Edward refers to it not as a love story, but a hate story. 
<laughs> and, I mean, it describes my relationship to the story pretty and, well. So. And when he is asking Bella what she loves about Wuthering Heights so much, um, because the characters don't have any redeeming qualities, she says, I think that's the point. Their love is their only redeeming quality. And that's when <sighs> Twilight got a little meta for me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that that says a lot about what Meyer is expecting to carry this book yes um worth like this whole series of books yes because i think like we're gonna talk about it some more but last episode we did come to terms with the fact that we were both team jacob our our journey to team jacob has been very up and down because the first the first episode we were like i don't how could anyone be team Jacob? That doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. We'll never, never team Jacob team, never Jacob. And then we get to new moon and it's like, Oh, actually we are team Jacob, Jacob all the way. Edward sucks. Go Jacob. And then this book team makes me ashamed of my team. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Like I don't think so, I can be on Team Jacob anymore. I found a 2007 blog that someone had written on the live journal Stephanie says where someone was transcribing. Now, is this a different Stephanie than the one who wrote the book? Yeah. Well, no, it's about her, but I don't think it's her blog. I don't oh, okay, believe okay, it okay. is. A so mod it's by. like transcribing yes. her interviews or something? Yes, yes. Um, it asks her about fan fiction and where the book Midnight Sun came from, which was canceled after 12 of its chapters leaked on the internet. That leaked, yep. Um, because she started Russians writing, did it again. Yeah, she started writing that because uh, she saw all this fan fiction where people really got Bella but didn't understand Edward and she wanted to set the record straight. Okay, cool. Um, she did get asked a question about male fans of the books and she said after it came out it became predominantly female readers and I felt kind of sad because you know there's stuff in here for boys and when boys start reading they have cool questions they got a different point of view in it it's prone to be more pro Jacob I've found and you know that's cool she said and I read that I was like yeah I get that because Edward is this like mysterious vampire enigma man that no one should like except Bella. Well, but, be- but and no one, he's not likable, but it seems like everything kind of comes easily to him. Yes. Things are tough for Jacob. Things are tough for Jacob, and Jacob also is doing a lot of pining that I feel like teen boys yeah. especially can get behind. And we talked that's about this true. a little bit. That's true. Um, in the last episode, but that's that, that. Uh, explanation for the way that he behaves gets stretched to the breaking point in this book for me which we can we can get to later yeah correct mundo um so do you andrew do you want to do a little bit of recap on what's happened until this point in the series before we dive in okay so twilight is a book where bella swan moves to forks Uh which is a town in the pacific northwest where it rains all the time and her cop dad, Charlie, lives. Yes. Um, she I has forgot moved up. he was a cop. He is a cop. <laughs> Never forget. Um, so she moves up there because her, her mother, has her mother Renee, has remarried a man named Phil who is into minor league baseball. Still yes. not enough Phil in this book. No, we get an allusion to him as a high school baseball coach going to the playoffs. Going to the playoffs. He suffers like a tragic baseball tripping accident and hurts himself. (laughs) And we never hear from them again. I feel like coaching baseball is not that active a gig. So I guess I don't know. (laughs) 
But she she moves up there because she wants to give her mom a little bit of space, and so she moves up to be with her dad to finish this. She's like a junior in high school, and so she goes to the new high school. She's the new girl. She's making some friends, but she spies from across the cafeteria these mysterious, beautiful strangers. This is the Cullen family, um, and Edward is is the one who like she initially thinks that he hates her, but that they're like weirdly keep running into each other and are there's something that they each find appealing about the other we find out that the collins are all vampires mm-hmm. uh-oh uh-oh and edward and bella are falling head over heels for each other um twilight the first book, show up the first book the ends when yeah because the collins are out playing mountain baseball they uh-huh. the noise they're making attracts bad vampires <laughs> and the bad vampires chase them around for the rest of the book it ends when Edward kills one of the bad vampires who has lured Bella into a trap, and then he sucks all the vampire venom out of her so she won't turn into a vampire. Correct. And his self-control in doing this is so great that you understand the depth of his feeling for her, and that's yes. the end of book one. Can and you take for over for New Moon? Yeah, I can do my best. Um I can hop in to help anytime yes, you want. Yes, yes. Um, it's worth noting that at least one of the vampires who knew the dead vampire James, my favorite vampire name, James. We are, we're going to have to talk about some of the vampire <laughs> names in this book. Um, he uh, He's dead and his like lover, Victoria, is still out there and presumably very angry about all of this. Um, and so they new- learn this through a, a third wheel vampire, yes. Laurent, yes. who um, shows up and is promptly killed in New Moon. Correct. Just to, that's just to let us know that Victoria is still out there and she's still <laughs> mad. So things are going okay beginning of new moon um they do have like a big party i think it might be a birthday party for it's bella a, it's an 18th birthday party for right. bella she gets a paper cut and then all the vampires freak out and especially one the, which one is it's not em, em, is, it, is it Emmett or is it jasper might Who's have been the, jasper whichever one was most recently turned is oh, that like still has some self-control problems it's not em, it's not jasper then it might be Emmett. Um, and so it's primarily like him who who goes a little berserk and it brings to like it brings to the front of Edward's mind how dangerous this is and he decides he's going to leave. He leaves and she gets so depressed that she wanders into the woods and like gets hurt and then the wolves have to protect her. So um, you're jumping the gun here. Wolves? What wolves? The what are you talking wolves, about? my friend. Werewolves? What? So Jacob and his friends who live uh on La Push, which is a native reservation, um, it actually exists in real life. Yes, true. Uh, they are the, werewolves. Many of the other aspects of the native folks in this book are not lifted from reality. <laughs> true. Some of these boys are werewolves, um, which explains why Jacob got super ripped and is like 2,000 degrees all the time. Um, and so the, she like hangs out with the werewolf boys for a while, and she's good friends with Jacob, and he's... Like probably into her, but like trying to be cool about it because he is she is like in the second book, she gets so depressed when Edward leaves that there are like three pages that represent three months. Yes, that, Ed, that Bella fast. is just basically all the way out of commission. Yeah. And Jacob is like she loves him like a brother, she she says, and he is like a son who comes in and warms her life and she's not better, but she can be a person again when she's around him. Yes. So then it builds to this big thing where she goes, she like is supposed to go cliff diving with Jacob and she does it on her own. 
and he doesn't show up on time yeah, because and, a lot of other vampire werewolf nonsense is happening. Yes, and Edward's quote unquote vampire sister Alice, who is some sort of Minority Report precog, uh, sees her <laughs> jumping off the cliff, thinks she's committing suicide, and uh, Edward. Does he come back at that moment? No. Okay, so what happens is Alice, like, so Alice sees that, and then Edward's sister, Rosalie, who does not like Bella, um, tells Edward, like, when he checks in, that Charlie is at a funeral, which oh, is for right. an unrelated friend who is not important <laughs> then, is not important now, but it leads Edward to believe that Bella has died. Yes. And so Bella or so Edward decides I have nothing to live for anymore. I'm going to go to Italy and get offed by the vampire mafia. Yes, commit suicide by vampire mafia. The Volturi. And she goes with Alice to stop him. There's a little bit of intrigue of like they're like, "Oh, look at this human who's immune to our powers. That's weird." Um, you better make her a vampire or we're going to kill all of you. See you later. Bye. <laughs> and they go back to Forks and Edward wants to marry her for real, for real. And then she can be a vampire forever with him. Yeah, they basically they work out a deal where he will be the one who turns her if she finishes high school and also marries him. And she has like a big fight with Jacob at some point, And they're like they can't they feel like they can't be friends because Jacob has it bad for her. Yeah. Yeah. And also hates vampires. <laughs> and also really hates vampires. And she's like, why don't you get over it if you really want to be my friend, Wolf Boy? Um, that's about it so far. Um, the saga as it stands. The saga as it stands. So this Eclipse um, book that we're going to get into in a second, an Eclipse, Andrew, mm-hmm. is an astronomical event mm-hmm. that occurs when one body passes into the shadow of another body. Same blocking it from the viewer yeah same so i think there's gonna be some metaphors in this book of people it's a a pretty basic metaphor blocking each other from each other's views Mm -hmm. um we need to take a break but first you wanted to share with me one of our favorite parts of favorite recurring segments the twilight series um every twilight book is released as a series of books in japan a very good country. Um, so the first three Twilight books are all split into three different books, and then um, the fourth one is split into four. So we have three new names for the okay. books in Eclipse. So um, the original Twilight was what? The Boy Who My Love is a Vampire. Yes. Um, Blood Tastes Sadness. Yes. And... Um, Boy, what was the what was the last one? Did you look? Did you I look didn't relook up? these up. No. Okay, I think I got them. Okay, I got them pulled up. The all the covers are all Bella and Edward, regardless of who the book title that's is about. Smart. That's smart. <laughs> um, so the Vampire Family in the Darkness. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the third one. So uh, <laughs> New Moon. The books are The Fang Whispers Sweetly, Month of the Wolf, and The Angel of Sighing. The Angel of Sighing. Angel Bella of Swan. Fun. All right. So Eclipse. We've got Red Mark. Okay, whatever, fine. Give me a cold kiss. Yes! <laughs> and Time of Monsters. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. It's very good. So Those I are... can't wait to get to the four final Japanese Twilight titles. Oh, my God. Time of Monsters is so good. I like Give Me a Cold Kiss because it's something like a grandma would say. <laughs> Give me a cold kiss. 
I love it so much. Uh, let's take a quick break and come back uh, for this uh, red mark, perhaps. All right. Craig, my eyes must be bad because I can't see what either Edward or Jacob sees in Bella. Can you help me improve my eyesight a little bit? It sounds like you need some eyewear. Uh, <laughs> and our friends over at Warby Parker, who are helping to sponsor this episode, might be your best bet. Um, Warby Parker is a collaboration between four close friends and was conceived as an alternative to the overpriced and bland eyewear available today. Prescription eyewear should not cost you more than a plane ticket or a new iPhone. Um, also, Andrew, it's eyewear with a purpose. Ooh. Almost 1 billion people worldwide lack access to glasses. That means 15% of the global population cannot effectively learn or work. Um, so Warby Parker partners with nonprofits like Vision Spring to make sure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Um, they have a free tr- home try-on program, which I've used, which you get uh, five pairs of glasses shipped direct to your home. You can try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy them, uh, and it ships free and includes a, pre- a prepaid return shipping label. Um, it's pretty cool. Like You get people's opinions on how your face is going to look, which is sort of important. <laughs> Um, I really do need an impartial opinion because like Susanna is always going to tell me my face looks great because that's just that's how marriage go. Yeah, but you can dig a little deeper and be like, but do you really <laughs> want to look at it every day? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Warby Parker also has like stores that you can go into uh, to like get, you know, there might be an optometrist who can help you out or just the cool stylists in their stores who help you find uh, what you need. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses, and you can get anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. Um, there is also an app for your iPhones that you can use where you can uh, take pictures and, and see how things will look. So if you want to get that on your phone, you also want to try that free home try-on program I mentioned. You go to warbyparker.com overdue to order your free home try-ons today. You'll get five pairs of glasses in five and you try them on for five days, like I said. That's warbyparker.com slash overdue. W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R dot com slash overdue. Okay, so this book opens up. She's sad about Jacob. Mm -hmm. She's with her man Edward after Mm -hmm. they met the vampire mafia. Mm Mm-hmm. She's sort of grounded for taking that trip and I guess cliff and just diving. like repeatedly putting her life in danger for yeah. stupid reasons that she can't or won't explain to her dad. Sure, which, sure. Which like I get it. Like that yes. doesn't, it doesn't seem too far out of line for Charlie, though no. he is not always dad of the year. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Um she was trying to like reach out to Jacob, getting the runaround from Uncle Billy now kind of easing off that gas and charlie's like well when are you going to be friends with jacob again you were so happy yeah essentially charlie decided charlie is being very churlish and not and and being basically as rude as he possibly can to edward without (laughs) banishing him from the house correct but he at the beginning of this book he essentially says okay i'm gonna lift your grounding but you need to hang out with anybody other than edward because he is the only person you hang out with and this does not seem right to me. 
that is a teen thing. Like that is a teen relationship thing that does happen. Like people go deep into relationships. Yeah, a little bit. Like my my experience of high school was never that I, I don't know. I had a decent like foundation of friends to hang out with. Once I got to high school, anyway, and like found my group of people. Sure, sure. I always had other friends to hang out with, but um. But yeah, if your if your parents don't like the person you're with, they are gonna kind of give you guff about how much you want to hang out with them. Yeah, and it's catnip for you wanting to go hang out with them. More. Yeah, because you're <laughs> <Whoops>. a teen. <laughs> um, we also get a little bit of table setting about Bella's future plans that she wants to go to. I think she's been accepted to like a university in Alaska, which is her plan to like run away. But not actually go to college and just become a vampire. Yeah, she's kind of putting putting in the bare minimum amount of effort into the college search because she knows she's going to leave her human family members behind. And she also knows or she has some like vague understanding that when she is a newly turned vampire, it like might hold, there there is going to be a uh, a uh, breaking in period. Like where, hold my calls. I can't come to the phone. I am a monster for like a I, year. Yeah, the old Bella can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. There's a very <laughs> she's literally dead. There's a very 2007 moment where Charlie is offering to help her pay for college, and she goes, "Don't worry about it. I'll get financial aid. It's easy to get loans." <sighs> It is easy to get them from the blood was. bank. I, mean, I assume it's still easy. Yeah. Um, and then there's also table setting that there are some maybe gang related killings going on in Seattle. In Seattle yeah. Um, that turns out to be some vampire nonsense in case mm-hmm. you couldn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like what the first big scene is that Edward whisks her away to Florida to go see her mom for literally three pages of the book. It's not even a scene because she has these plane tickets and she says, well, I'm going to go visit my mom before these plane tickets expire. And Edward's coming with me. Well, that was a nice visit with my mom that we had in Florida where I definitely saw my mom. You get one scene of them like walking on the beach and Renee says, Hey, you're hanging out with your your boyfriend a lot. It seems yes. a little strange. And I don't It's it's part that like Renee is is worried about Bella getting married right out of high school and partly that Bella has nothing but disdain for people who do that kind of thing. It's really weird how it's she like weird. looks at her mom and is like, "Oh, my mom was such a mess." And like, she's such a mess. I've always been the sensible one. Anyway, time to go get turned into a vampire forever because I can't stand to be older than eighteen. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bizarre. I really don't like how she feels about her mom in this book. Yeah, and it's maybe that's why we don't spend a lot of time with her. Like Stephanie Meyer, and I, I read some people not that long ago were, were tweeting about this, but Bella, and by extension, Stephanie Meyer's whole like like her barely veiled contempt for all the normies in Bella's life like how Mm. how their feelings almost never matter at all and how they are only ever an excuse to to do this or that with her vampire boyfriend it kind of sucks yes yes um when she comes back from Florida um we we get a little bit of like news from from a scene between Jacob and Edward 
where there was a fight between the werewolves and the vampires because, lo and behold, Victoria, one of the evil vampires... Uh, Only the evil first vampire book. left standing who hates um, Bella because Bella is responsible for what's his name? James being dead. James yes. being dead. James the vampire. James the vampire. Um, and so you find out that uh, Edward kind of engineered them going away for the weekend because he had Alice with her precog powers had seen that something was going to go down. And um, also Jacob learns that like Jacob learns that Bella is gone for three days and three yes. days is the amount of time that the turning process, Correct. Like the, the first part of it takes. He's worried about that. Happening. Yeah. And so, so he is, he is the, worried yeah. about her disappearing for that specific amount of time. Yes. So they have a scene together where we, we kind of learn some of this information. She goes and visits Jacob while Edward's out hunting and she is able to do this because she makes like a split second decision that means Alice can't see her. Yeah, there's it. that there's that hole. We talked about this before, but there's that little weird hole in Alice's future seeing yes. powers where they are changed by split second decisions. I mean, they're, they're changed when someone's intents change, but you can't foresee someone's intent changing. And so you can hack her her future powers by. <laughs> Like very, but by either changing your mind without like thinking through it first or by very studiously, like not thinking about the thing that you're thinking about doing or it turns out like she can't see stuff that's around werewolves. So if she, if people are planning to do things like near werewolves, Alice can't see it. So this all comes up a little bit later, but. Yes. It turns out that there are some unpatched exploits in Alice's <laughs> operating system. It helps her from being too OP, quite honestly. It does. Uh, um, yeah, I think Alice gets a little nerfed in this book, honestly. Yes, she really does. Um, the introduction of the werewolves. And so she goes and hangs out with Jacob, gets the werewolf version of the fight story. He's like, ugh, why do you love that vampire? Stick to your species. And this gets back to your normie part. Uh, she goes, well, I guess I'm stuck with Mike Newton then. Poor Mike Poor Newton. Mike, Mike, who did, Mike did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He's not wrong. great. He did nothing wrong. Um, but Jacob's like, oh, I didn't choose to be a werewolf. You just don't understand. And she's like, and I'm well, still like more human than Edward. More human than human. Mike yes. Heartbeats, I guess. And she has this moment where she's like, oh, my good friend is hurting because he loves me so much. I guess I need to hang out with him more because I'm a. <laughs> I'm Bella, and I don't understand how relationships work. <sighs> She's so tiring. She's really tiring because, okay, so here's the dynamic in this book is Bella loves Edward. There is no, that is the bedrock of the thing, and that assumption yes. never changes. She loves him the most and wants to be with him forever. Correct. But she also loves Jacob. Not as much, but in a sort of brotherly way. And then <laughs> yeah. later on in the last like two seconds of the book, she does discover that she has sort of romantic feelings for him and they're not as strong as what she has for Edward. And she's going to go with Edward. But in Jacob, she sees like another way that her life could have gone a more normal way where Charlie and Renee could still be involved and, Yes. She still has that link to the humanity and they both grow old and they die and whatever, whatever. Um, 
And so she is trying to hang out with Jacob partly because she knows that he's hurting and, and she like, there's a part of him that is her friend and she wants to retain that part, but she's also trying to nip this like relationship thing with him in the bud. And yeah. he's push, push, pushing her on it every chance he gets. And then Edward having overcorrected and left her in the previous book now decides well, I'm King Solomon and I, there's nothing you can do to make me cut this baby in half. Even if even if it means letting her go with Jacob, I just want her to be happy. Yeah, and he will be overprotective as all get out and like to the point of not expressing his like preferences because yes. he like he so much wants her to be happy and she also starts kind of exploiting that a little bit. Correct. Cuz she's Lundo. using she uses it to get her way on a bunch of stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, like, and then, and you just get different versions of that dynamic playing out over and over again. And the one sort of interesting part, which is Jacob and Edward, like becoming kind of friends, given that they're like as close as they can be to friends, given that they both have the same love interest and also their species have a mortal hatred of each other that, Correct. <laughs> that spans the age. <laughs> like that relationship developing takes a backseat to this more tiresome triangle thing. Yeah. So like she starts hanging out with Jacob again. There's one section, the section where she like sneaks away to hang out with him again, um, which I think is when Jacob hacks Alice's powers where like she, Gets in a fight with Edward. Edward's like, well, now I got to go hunting. And Alice is like, well, you're going to have a slumber party with me because Edward made me kidnap you. Super cool boyfriend thing to do. Super cool. Yeah. Not overprotective or stalkery or abusive or anything. No, not at all. And Jacob shows up at school knowing this exploit and like takes her away to go hang out. And this is where we learn about imprinting. He tells the whole story. So we learn a couple Jinkies. things about the werewolves <laughs> and how, like, prior to this generation of werewolves, you know, th- there was no one around. There are no other people alive who have been a werewolf. There are people who have, like, hurt, like, know about it. Like, the the parents and the grandparents, like, know about this thing. Yeah. But, but they we, can't but do it. Find out, like, in the, in the last book, it's described as something that's mostly age and lineage based and in this we find out that there is also a a a, an element of responding to other people around or like threats in in their environment vampires because the vampires are around that like recessive wolf gene on the old punnet square (laughs) comes out and becomes dominant and we learn about this thing called imprinting so sam who is the leader of the pack was the first to change. It was very rough because he didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Um, and he was with this woman named Leah Clearwater. He imprinted on her cousin Emily, who he's with now. Uh-oh. Which is just means it's werewolf speak for, like, love at first sight, and now you can't do anything about it. It's a combination of love at first sight and that thing that baby animals do. Correct. Where they think the first thing they see is their mom. <laughs> Correct. Um and we later learned that another guy in the pack has imprinted on Emily's two-year-old niece. And I guess he's just going to have to wait around until she's old enough to love him. 
It happens, Jacob shrugged. He bent to grab another rock and sent it flying out into the bay. Or so the stories say. But she's a baby, I protested. (laughs) He looked at me with dark amusement. Quill's not getting any older, he reminded me a bit of acid in his tone. He'll just have to be patient for a few decades. What? It does, and so he says, it's so hard to describe. It's not like love at first sight, really. It's more like gravity moves. When you see her, suddenly it's not the earth holding you here anymore. She does, and nothing matters more than her, and you do anything for her, be anything for her. You become whatever she needs you to be, whether that's a protector or a lover or a friend or a brother. So I don't know if this stands up in court as a description <laughs> for why you're hanging around these minors all the time, but... It's it's described as, okay, when they're a little, little kid, it's a protector relationship. When they get older, it's more of a sibling, like an older sibling relationship. And then when they grow up and want to start wanting to get down, like, there you are. You've been there the whole time. You take your glasses off and they discover how beautiful you are. And it's it all works out in it's the end. It's so bizarre. It did remind me there's – this is a true thing, Andrew. Oh, no, one, one more, one oh, more thing. Oh, sure. Just, sorry. I just want to make sure we outline all the dimensions of this. Yes. Um, Bella asks, doesn't Claire get a choice here, which is the name of the two-year-old? Oh, sure. Of course. But why wouldn't she choose him in the end? He'll be her perfect match like he was designed for her alone. Yeah, when I they mean, talk- we're talking about supernatural magic here, so I sure. can't believe that you can, you can because of pheromones or something, <laughs> you can make yourself into my perfect wolf boyfriend. <laughs> it's sort of how they talk about the vampires too, of like the reason that they're they're so beautiful in a way that makes them attract their prey, which is humans. Like there mm. is a like there is a magical nature to it all that i guess makes it work i don't like vampires all they have their own thing going on where vampires are like geese and they mate for life (laughs) i guess the the whole imprinting on a two-year-old thing though it reminded me of the fact that apparently dustin hoffman met his wife when she was 10 and he was 27 Mm -hmm. because he was friends with like her parents or her grandpa or something and then she was like 10 and he was like telling jokes in their house and he was like hey why don't you dance while i play the piano and she was like i want to marry that guy and then (laughs) when her grandpa died he was at the funeral and she was like 22 and they met up again and now they've been together for like 30 years Mm, it's just just file that one away and just where's the can we think about where the line is between funny anecdote and (laughs) creepy crime i think dustin hoffman's (laughs) marriage is the line to be honest okay i feel like that is right up there on funny anecdote like if they had seen each other even one more time it would have been in between it would be it would cross the line correct amundo um i think this for me this whole imprinting stuff is setting up like is this what Jacob's doing? I think it's clear that it's not, and I think by the end of the book, we know it's not. I have a thing from Meyer on this, actually. Okay, okay. Um, so like we talked about last time, for every one of the Twilight books, she does a frequently asked questions thing on her website, which I actually think is kind of handy because some of the things that we have to complain about and have already complained about, she tries to address. And so we at least get to take her like what she was trying to do in consideration. Um, she, the, the, the gap between what she is trying to do and what she ends up doing frequently leaves something to be desired, but I bit, think this one bit. at least makes sense. So the first question, did Jacob imprint on Bella? She says no. And this is how you can be sure in new moon after the first time Jacob becomes 
his wolf phase, he is mean to Bella and he, and he decides, you know, he's, he's not going to talk to her for a while where that would apparently not be possible if he had imprinted. And then she goes on to say, there are moments in eclipse where he is trying to imprint on her, but that's not how it works. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, we also get a little bit more of the werewolf mind radio that they all share, <laughs> which is like, they, he is able to tell the story of what Sam went through with such clarity because by being a part of the pack, if Sam is thinking about it, he thinks about it and he just feels it. Yeah, you're is, sharing thoughts and emotions and 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 it's also kind of just a CB radio yes. at some points. <laughs> um, imagine a group chat that you can't help but log all of your feelings and thoughts in. It's, all just the, the, time. it's the default channel. It's the one in Slack that you can't delete that you have <laughs> yes. to use. And you you have to type in it every mm-hmm. day whenever you're <laughs> Several <awake>. people are <laughs> always typing. <laughs> and again, I think overall this book for me, I kind of liked what Meyer was doing with the like the vampire powers and the wolf radio. Like it all felt at least like she was playing around with the rules in a way that I'm that I expect from fantasy novels. Yeah, some of the the world buildy things and some of the questions that are answered in this book are at least kind of interesting. Um, Bella's. Bella has immunity to some kinds of vampire powers, but not others. And she's exposed to enough in this book that toward the end, she and Alice are are having a conversation and they, they sort of suss out if it's a, if it's a power like Alice's or like Jasper's, um, which can Jasper's, which is the one, the one where he can just like make everybody chill out. Yes. Um, by apparently like, (laughs) It's kind of, he's like human. He's like a human contact high. Like yep. just, um, if it's something external like that, then the power works. But if it's something like what Edward does or like one of the Volturi vampires does, which is can like make you perceive that you're in pain. Yes. Um, if it's something that requires access to Bella's mind, it doesn't work because Mel- Bella's mind is her own. I guess it's also like this book then, or at least the rules of this book have a very firm idea of the separation of body and mind. Like yes. it is a very split thing. Uh, also Edward is very hung up on like everyone has a soul except vampires. And like, that's a huge problem for me. Yeah. The, this, this book gets a little more, we talked, I think, in, in the first episode a bit. I haven't listened to it in a while, um, but we talked a little bit about it as, um, like, morality tale or like a purity, yeah, yeah, anecdote. I don't remember the exact, <laughs> but but we talk about how Bella and Jake, Bella and um, Edward, won't have sex before they're married, and and whatever, whatever. And that this book is actually the one where that gets brought up a little bit. It's the biggest question um, of the book. To be honest, because she she really wants to be a vampire now because she and and she decides, you know, there is one thing I want to do while I'm still human because she is she is. Yeah. yeah. It becomes real Mm -hmm. to her in this book that she's going to get turned. And so she's she's thinking, okay, what do I want to do while I'm still human that I can never do? And one of the things um, that some of this she's she's getting from Alice or, or Edward or whoever is there. They are saying based on what I regret 
like 150 oh. years into this vampire thing, you're going to want to graduate from high school. You are, I think, going to want to like have a real wedding and not throw on your sweats and go down to the courthouse. Yeah, this book is punctuated by vampire backstory monologues. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is from Rosalie, who's like, yeah, my tale is really sad, and a guy married me because of my looks, and now I'm a beautiful vampire who never got to have a family. Mm-hmm. So think about it. But but in, in this, he's saying, um, we've had this discussion before, but humor me. How many people in this room have a soul, a shot at heaven, or whatever there is after this life? Um, Bella says, two, I answered immediately. My voice fierce because she disagrees. She thinks vampires have souls. Yep. We haven't really definitively answered that yet. Which, if we can definitively answer even that humans have souls, I feel like that's kind of our breakthrough. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Theologically. Um, but, uh, all right, maybe that's true. Now, there's a world full of dissension about this, but the vast majority seem to think that there are some rules that have to be followed. And they're talking specifically about um, sex before marriage like- in this. And so, if you're, if you're talking about this as, a, as an abstinence parable... It's no longer like an allegory. It yeah, just this this is, is Edward. Edward is someone who's lived for a hundred years, saying, "I think if you have sex before marriage, you don't get into heaven." <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't. I mean, I'm I'm laughing. Yeah, it's, but it's more than I, like I was. I was. I was brought up like this. Yeah. Like I was oh, brought yeah. up in like abstinence only education, and 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 I don't really want to talk about my parents finding out that this like I had had sex before I was married because it's one of my most unpleasant memories in the entire world. But there are some people that, that, that feel this way about it. And it's just, it's interesting to me that that's a line that Meyer wants to draw like really explicitly instead of leaving it implied. Yeah. I was surprised that it was, it was a literal conversation as opposed to what she's still doing which is the whole, like, she wants to be a vampire ASAP. And there are a bunch of reasons, one of which is that she just wants to get over it so that she can, like, be a vampire with Edward forever. But as the stakes of this book get higher and people are put in danger, she's like, well, if I was a vampire by now, I could, like, help you fight. Or I need to be a vampire so that the next time this happens, I can fight. Yeah, she's she's feeling uniquely useless, and that makes sense because she has surrounded herself with supernatural beings (laughs) correct and so the the question is can i be a vampire or do we have to get married first and she sort of has this agreement with carlisle where maybe he'll make her a vampire but edward will only do it until after they're married and i was like the other question she's grappling with simultaneously is am i still me after I'm a yes. vampire. And, and that's and that's that comes up a little bit with Jacob because they're sort of debating whether they can even be friends after she turns. And then some of it is an internal thing, like how much control am I gonna have over my own actions? Yes. How much am I gonna feel like me and like how important is that to me? Yeah, the book does not really raise the question that I would raise, which is like, how does being a mortal change how you view the world? We only get a little bit of that, and certainly not necessarily from Bella's perspective. But all of this to say that... I feel like vampires would all become like congressmen to do something about oh co- climate change. God, wouldn't they? Because climate change would mess up vampires. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, our first really, vampire president. to start making vampire congressmen, you got to do something about term limits, or it's going to get real rough. Um, but all that to say is that for a long time in this series, the 
the vampire question felt like the analog for boning down. Like it felt like, oh, this is the Meyer has replaced boning down with becoming a vampire. Right. And in this book, not only are we explicitly talking about it between uh, Bella and Edward, there is an earlier section where like Charlie tries to have the talk with her and it sucks. It does, and it sucks. <laughs> sucks so bad well, then there's, an- there's another there and then there's another scene at the end of the book where jacob has been injured by something we'll have to get to pretty soon here yep and um charlie says charlie complains about him taking the lord's name in vain and it's oh just kind God. of a it's a puritanical turn that I, I like yeah like like you said i thought the the i thought it was going to say an allegory and instead, we're here saying explicitly, if you have sex before you get married, they will not let you into heaven. <laughs> yes. It's so it's and he doesn't even like cite like specific philosophers or theologians. He's had time to read because he's 100. He just like, says there's been some debate. Like, there, are, there are many schools of thought about this, but I won't talk about any of them in particular. Yeah, and he like really needs, this, you don't want to turn this book into the good place, I guess. I know. And he really needs to get married, married, like even if it's in a Las Vegas drive through, which to me, it's like, do you need to be married according to U.S. law for this to count? Mr. Immortal Vampire. Well, I mean, U.S. law is is just the stand-in for God's law. Yeah, I, he doesn't... <laughs> yes. No, no, it's like, it bugs me that he doesn't have a specific theology. He's just kind of like shotgun. Well, a bunch of people who've been around a while who aren't vampires have good books that I think I should follow. Like, mm-hmm. it, I wish he was a little more specific. Um, we have skipped a little bit about the scene in this book, Andrew, that made both of us the maddest that we've ever been at this series, I think. And it is the inflection point of everything. Yeah, where Jacob up and milkshake wolfs himself. He is a milkshake wolf. (laughs) So, okay, so where the plot is at this point... um, we know about the dangerous vampire. We know that there are dangerous vampires in Seattle that we don't know who's causing them, but they're coming this way for Bella for some yeah, the, reason. The pattern is, and this again, I, I think is Jasper. Jasper's backstory where he was a Confederate soldier. He was a Confederate soldier, and we don't talk about, about that, that enough, <laughs> but he is like, th- there was this whole like great South American or Central American vampire, <laughs> vampire war. war. In the where, 1880s or something. Yeah, where these vamp... So what we learn about newborn vampires is that they're super strong because they still have a lot of their human blood left in them, but they are very undisciplined and hard to control. Yes. And so you've got all these vampires turning a bunch of people and fighting these proxy wars in Central America, and then the Volturi come and destroy everybody yeah clean it all up and that that's where this the voltaire the volturi's role as like team vampire world police (laughs) springs from and so jasper sees in the pattern of of the seattle Seattle. murders that hey this this seems like the work of a pack of newborn vampires and Boy, it, we just don't want the Volturi that close because we have an understanding, but it's still a like cabal of vampires. <laughs> yeah, and then it 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 does boil over into Alice seeing 
that they're being driven by someone that's probably Victoria. Maybe it's the Volturi. That yeah, are it's a combination of Alice seeing it and then also Bella kind of deducing, deducing it, it. She does yes. a few times. Yes. Um, so during this section where they're like... We keep getting away from talking about this scene because we hate it so I know. Much. So th- basically a, a truce is about to happen between the werewolves and the vampires where they're going to deal with this threat of these, of these newborn gross vampires, which opens the door for Bella to hang out with Jacob some more. Um, because they agree that she is safe there while the vampires are out of town, like going to do reconnaissance. So she goes to hang out with him. He tells her that he loves her. This is not unexpected, right? It's this a big. Is, this is versions of this have happened already. Yes. Then he starts getting a little antsy, and he says, you know, the equivalent of like, you know, he's he's pushing, and she's like, don't don't behave badly or something, and he's like, well, you get me, you, you either have me with my bad behavior or not at all. You decide, Bella. You can have me the way I am, bad behavior included or not at all. I stared at him frustrated. That's mean. So are you. (laughs) And she uh, admittedly has not pulled the plug on this friendship despite knowing that he has huge amounts of feelings for her. Um, She just can't tear herself away from him. And then Jacob, he says to her, don't forget you have options. You know, I'm going to I'm going to fight for you. And she says, I don't want to have options. And he says, all the more reason to fight. And then he kisses her and it sucks because do you want to just do you have the passage? I do. I mean, I do have the passage and this feels like maybe a a bit of a content warning thing for for folks. Um, So, you know, skip ahead a a minute or so if you don't want to hear this. His lips crushed mine, stopping my protest. He kissed me angrily, roughly, his other hand gripping tight around the back of my neck, making escape impossible. I shoved against his chest with all my strength, but he didn't even seem to notice. His mouth was soft despite the anger, his lips molding to mine in a warm, unfamiliar way. I grabbed at his face, trying to push it away, failing again. He seemed to notice this time, though, and it aggravated him. His lips forced mine open, and I could feel his hot breath in my mouth. Acting on instinct, I let my hands dropped to my side and shut down i opened my eyes and didn't fight didn't feel just waited for him to stop that's it's rough it's really bad he's a werewolf yeah which which just like makes not to excuse it he just has so much power and strength and it's right and i mean the 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 physical power dynamic of this sucks already yes the fact that he is a supernatural being and she tries to hit him after and like breaks her hand yep and so that that just highlights how much like just how bad it is and then and later later on he apologizes for it kind of in so far as he says the words, I apologize. But he's more up. Uh, he's and then, more apologizing that she's upset, not well, that and, he. And he and then he gets mad when she won't accept his apology, and she yes. literally calls what he did assault, and yes. thinks to herself, "Well, that seems harsh, but that is kind of what it is." Yeah, they do have the moment where she's like, "I apologize." Uh, no, she even says when he's like getting upset with her, she's like, I understand that you feel bad. She may or may not say I accept your apology, but she comes close. And she does say, though, like that that doesn't change what you did. Like, yeah. that's the that's the sticking point. And I was actually kind of like, OK, good on you, Meyer, for 
putting that in there because that is like a thing that a lot of people don't get when but I, but I they're do, in Jacob's shoes. Do you want to talk about the next kissing thing with them first? Or do you want to, do you want to talk about, about what Meyer has to say about this first? Um, let's, I real quick want to mention, I want to talk about the second, the, the other kissing moment okay, and then it. get to Meyer. Yeah. Um, real quick though, there's a beat where I lost a little respect for Charlie because after this scene, uh, Bella runs home and, you know, her hands broken. I think Edward actually, uh, I think Jacob actually like drives her home and Charlie can tell that things are bad. Um, he's like, Oh, what happened? Jacob's like, Oh, I, she hit me. And Charlie's like, why? He's like, well, because I kissed her. Good for you, kid. Charlie congratulated him. Charlie, man, like only Phil is pure. And I feel like it's because we haven't spent a lot of time with him. I don't. Yeah. We haven't spent any time with him. Literally like, no time. You know, if you spent, if we like, we're going to say, oh yeah, team Phil, hashtag team Phil. We love Phil so much. And then the next book, she's going to meet him. He's going to be like, let me tell you something about Hillary Clinton and the pizza parlor. And <laughs> it's just going to be bad. Yeah. Or like he'd. You know, he broke his leg on the baseball field because he was like, you know, working his kids to because death. Because he in was like chasing or... down one of his kids to give him steroids or something, yes, so he would win the baseball game. Awful. <laughs> like <it would> be... <laughs> so the other the other kiss thing that happens is we build towards this climactic fight between the werewolf vampire alliance and the evil vampires, the newborn baby vampires, and. We get this long overnight sequence where they've decided to hide Bella using Jacob's scent, and it's we'll talk about this scene I think in a in a little bit because um, it is weird where like Jacob and Edward have this kind of heart to heart about keeping her happy, and then Edward's like, "All right, Jacob, you have a moment with Bella. She clearly wants to talk to you before the big game. Like, I'll peace out. I'll talk to your packmate for a second. I'll go over here." Well, this is this is after Bella has made Edward go chase Jacob down. Yes, that's because true. Because Bella and Edward have a discussion where she reveals that she has agreed to marry him. Yes. And so Jacob like makes this big old howl of of defeat and makes a big show of running off. Even though the whole conversation that Jacob and Edward have together is basically about how they are manipulating this woman. They do cop to it, yeah. Espe- like especially Jacob, yes, because he's just they, like I got tactics. I'm going to use them. Yeah, they just they just all know, and that's that's part of why their whole dynamics so tiresome for me is they all are like Edward's got this. Oh, she's got to be happy at all costs. Thing, um, Jacob's ha- has this. I'm going to wear her down until she loves me. Thing, and Bella has this. I need both of them to be happy, and also I'm a terrible person for wanting to keep relationships up with both of them. Yes, she does recognize that about herself later in the book, but not in a way that makes her stop, which is frustrating. She refers to herself as the monster multiple times. Among a wor- like among, the, In the time of monsters, she is the monster. I feel like the monsters are the monsters. <laughs> um, so she has convinced Edward not to stay, not to go to the front lines to stay with her. And she realizes that, you know, that she could lose Jacob. She wants to see him one more time. That's this kiss that we're talking about, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And what is the, what is, what is Jacob's play here? Like he's got a ploy 
where what does he want from her? He's like trying to like get in her to particular con- instance. I'm trying to. I don't remember it's the like, exact in the, the exact inciting incident. I think I think he's basically like this whole time he's just been saying, you know, I I know that you feel more for me than just like brotherly affection. Yeah, and like get her to admit it, which she does like say, "I love you." And then he makes her kiss him. Oh, oh, yeah. His ploy here is. Well, if you really love Edward more than me, then maybe I'll just go get myself killed fighting all these vampires. That's the that's the gambit that she oh. goes, that he goes to here. And he says, like, give me something to come back for. Right. There you go. Kiss me. We got there. And then she has to kiss him and it sucks. Ah. But then but then she starts kissing him for real because she is attracted to him. Because I, he's a big hot werewolf boy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so and and this let's let's talk about Meyer's response to this because this is where this is what gets me. Um she is talking about the flaws of each character. Yeah, run them down. Yes. And uh-huh. for um actually I don't have the I do, uh, I yes, have Yes, it. I do. Uh, yeah, run down um uh Bella and Edwards and I'll talk Bella about Bella is uh self-knowledge. <laughs> Which, a lack of self-knowledge. A lack of self-knowledge, which we've talked about a lot, that she just doesn't understand how people view her. She doesn't understand her impact on other people, even as she tries to be a people pleaser. Edward's fatal flaw is overreaction. Sure. In book two, we talked about how he like literally runs away because Bella got a paper cut, and then he tries to go c- commit vampire suicide uh, because he thought that she was dead. Um, no, I don't think these are bad reads of the, of the no. two characters. Do you want to read the quote about Jacob, though? Jacob doesn't have a tragic flaw. Womp womp. He has one goal and one hope. His goal is to save Bella's life. His hope is that he'll win her heart in the process. He fails at both, but that doesn't mean he regrets trying. If he could do it over again, he'd do the same thing. Uh, does he do every everything right? Heck no, but he's 16 and he's making it up as he goes along. Those who are upset by some of his tactics should consider his youth and the fact that he is, after all, right. Bella is in love with him. In the end, it's truly healthier for her to be aware of this as she goes forward with unalterable decisions. I think if you if you don't understand why that statement is bad, I think imagine it coming from the assaulter instead of the... Uh, instead of the author imagine um like a brock turner or somebody yeah saying and 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 this is a common like defense is you know he was he was young he doesn't know what he's doing he's making it up as he goes along yes and then you pile on top of it oh well he was right anyway so the ends justify the means like that blows that blows a hole but that really bakes my beans i don't like it at all yeah i really don't like i was i (sighs) It's make there it kind of makes me feel less frustrated with Bella if I like sit and think with it for a little while cuz I don't want to get into a situation like I don't like thinking that like she brought it on cuz I don't think that she did. I think the book is actually pretty clear that she didn't uh, in the specific she m- repeatedly even and even if in her heart of hearts, she didn't really believe this or think this or whatever. She does verbally multiple times spell out to Jacob, hey, dude, I just want to be friends with you. Yes, it's true. And, and, and it's not like, and, and 
if she could have put more distance between her and him, I don't know. That's like a, a semi valid viewpoint you could make, but also that doesn't mean that she asked for him to, to, to kiss her without her consent. You know? Yeah. And then the, the book does not, the book kind of then leaves any sort of condemn, condemnation of Jacob behind, you know, like there's the chapters in the middle of the book where he knows that it was wrong, I guess, but he then comes back with this, like kiss me so that I don't just like let myself get killed by newborn vampires. And it really stinks. There's and a I, moment toward the end where they're both trying, they're both like, no, I am King Solomon. <laughs> I'm King Solomon, and I think that just ends with you leaving the baby in the middle of the street with nobody to take <laughs> care know. of it. <laughs> and it, 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 unfortunately, it really distracts from and undercuts the frustrating but insightful stuff about, like, Bella's inability to cut away from Jacob. Like, as maddening as it is for a reader, and I think it is, it goes on a little too long, perhaps... It is a real thing that we do to people. Like we there are plenty of plenty of times where it's like, I don't know how to like disconnect from this person in a way that's like probably I should, but would really hurt them. And the that is also part of the larger theme of Bella wanting to be a vampire and knowing that it's this really like big commitment, but it's gonna leave a bunch of people behind. And she can't really explain it to them or else they're also going to have to know about vampires. So, like, whether or not you're able to set boundaries on your emotional relationships is a huge thing. And, like, this book is exploring that. And then Jacob just does a Jacob thing, which stinks. And, like, (laughs) and hurts and prevents the book from being about that as much anymore, I think. Right? Yeah, I I would like to see, and this is something that... um that Meyer says is the the point of this book is like everything that happens in this book is in service of this point, which is eclipse is supposed to be about Bella realizing the cost of the decisions she made kind of impulsively at the end of the first twilight book, which is I'm going to be a vampire now. And so in this book she is dealing with, okay, what, what do I want my human experiences to be? Because there's no going back she does sometimes think about Charlie and Renee, though not to the point where she would ever tell them what's going on or give nope. them a say. Nope. She can't say that she's busy in Alaska at college forever. Like she, she I don't. What she's is the got. Plan? I feel like she's got to either she's got to cross this bridge sometime or just disappear from their lives in a way that hurts them. Like she is. She's so worried about not hurting Edward and Jacob, but she gives not even one fraction of that same consideration to her parents. And I get that being kind of a teen thing, but it does. Yeah. Like, wait, it does hit me the wrong way. Can we just unpack? Like, what is her plan? And maybe we'll find out in the next book, but she's going to become a vampire. And then it's probably going to be a year before she can, like, talk to anybody again because she's, Uh you know, not a monster. She's going to be too thirsty. Is she going to like call up Charlie and be like, yo, that first semester was really rough. I think for her, for, for her first year, that was the plan. Like she, she wanted to be far enough away from either of her parents to make a visit back for Christmas or, or for whatever to be um, 
something she could wiggle her way out of if she if she wanted yes to. but then does she does she just like get into a fake bus crash so they never hear from her again yeah like, i don't i don't what? know it's, I, it's it's interesting <laughs> to me that she has her first like she has this planned out up until christmas and then she has to be a vampire forever so and, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like enough advanced advanced planning to me and none of the vampires are like helping her concoct a plan even though at least half of them are totally on board with the idea well and they've all spent their entire lives developing new alibis and so bizarre i don't know none, none of them Carlisle's entire thing with with turning them and we I don't think we're going to get to talk about Rosalie's story. Not really. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but not really. No. Yeah. Like Carlisle's whole thing is is I am only going to turn people who have no one and nothing. Yeah. People who've been left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I guess none of them have had to really like they know about it and in the abstract, but they don't know what it's like to like watch your friends and family get old and die around you so they can't like they are they are simultaneously totally in charge of bella's well-being but also uniquely unable to counsel her in this one specific area that's a good point yeah um so the the book builds all of this is happening around the backdrop of the time of monsters which is basically a dragon ball z fight where Victoria, the evil vampire, is leading that army of newborn vampires from Seattle that we talked about earlier down to Forks to kill Bella. Yes, we don't we don't see the big fight from like the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings adaptation version where like a bunch of very this is very from the I know Deathly Hallows came out before, but it's very much the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows point of view where like what if the big interesting stuff was happening to somebody else somewhere else and you did not you only heard about it after it all had happened so eventually victoria and her like number one or number two riley another vampire riley the vampire (laughs) this happened wait but riley probably just like do your thing do your thing riley probably just worked at a starbucks or something he probably did work (laughs) he worked at a blockbuster (laughs) video and got bit and now is a vampire deputy Actually, if you were if you were trying to make an army of newborn vampires yes and you don't want people asking a lot of questions what you do <laughs> is you turn every pizza delivery boy into a vampire i was gonna because, say maybe that's why blockbuster went out of business because who's gonna miss them that's true nobody no one's gonna miss them no but they have no parents no friends they're just pizza boys i'm gonna leave a tip for my next pizza delivery person it's gonna be a piece of paper piece of paper that says don't be a vampire I, i'll miss you i'll miss you <laughs> i'll miss you in your za sauce is thicker than blood <laughs> don't become a vampire <laughs> wait the volturi are from italy pizza's from italy it's all a big scam Ooh, it's all uh, connected all right dude, so talking about your thing. <laughs> yeah we get this like dbz naruto fight where uh edward has to fight victoria and I guess Seth the werewolf, Seth the werewolf, is fighting Riley the vampire. Um, all while Bella kind of sits there helpless. She remembers this story that she heard at La Push, um, where she got to hear some of the werewolf legends about how they used to be people who could just hop bodies, and then they hopped into a wolf one day, and that's what they do now. Um, and they fought vampires, and a lady whose name no one remembers. Uh, stabbed herself to the become third wife, the third wife of their ancestor, which um, is my favorite Juliana Margulies <laughs> show. 
to become a distraction because she was bleeding and like gave her life to save everybody. So that's Bella's plan. I'm going to make myself bleed and then Victoria will be distracted and then Edward can beat her up. And that's basically what happens. Um, well, she's she is confirmed earlier in the book that Edward is fine around her blood now because I don't know because what like the worst thing that could happen to him would be that she would die and so he is so averse to her dying that he could not be party to it I guess he's like logicked his blood instincts out to be like (laughs) well if if I actually eat her then she's dead and I can't be alive if she's dead so but yeah so so uh, Victoria ends up dying and this this the fact that these newborn vampires are coming has like the the wolves and the vampires up to this point have had kind of a non-aggression pact like they yes. as long as the collins don't kill any people around then they'll basically leave each other be yes um but this pack of newborn vampires has come down and has prompted an alliance a temporary truce and alliance between the werewolves and and the and the collins and so they're together in this in this big fight and it goes fine um nobody dies jacob gets like momentarily hurt but it's not a big deal yeah um so much so that like the rest of the book is them like interacting with him while he's recovering from like half his body being broken Mm -hmm. um but but then and this is probably setting us up for for whatever whatever thing will be distracting us from the love story in the fourth book (laughs) is the volturi show up conveniently like six hours after they would have been helpful Yes. And so this is supposed to be their their reason for existing is putting down obvious vampire revolts that would reveal that vampires are a thing. And they don't get there until after the Collins have already dealt with it. They had no way of knowing that the Collins would have vampire werewolves helping them. They still don't know that there are werewolves. They still actually. don't know. And and so are the Volturi like secretly trying to kill the Collins or Bella or whatever? I don't yes. know. It doesn't get answered in this book, but, um, but yeah, like a bunch of the Volturi show up at the end and it's, it's all like, Oh, like Vito and Derek, the <laughs> vampires are here. And the book acts like you're supposed to remember who these people are from the last book, but they yeah. all have, like special X-Men powers. I don't remember which one's which. Well, they all like, have special X-Men powers, but also really boring, like nothing <laughs> names. Like, oh, I'm Jen the, the Vampire. Remember me? I'm that iconic character from the last book. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And there's like, I think, is it Riley or another vampire who's like still alive and is like pleading for their life? Bree. Oh, Bree, the vampire. Is a, I think, a 15-year-old newborn-ish vampire who Carlisle offered her a truce who said, you know, stop fighting and we won't kill you. And the Volturi get there and say, well, I mean, she did break the law, so we do have to kill her. And then they nope. do. Yep. And this all happens in the meadow that, like, uh, Edward and Bella like to hang out in. The Sparkle Meadow? In the Sparkle Meadow. So, like, they burn all these vampire corpses. And then, like, a chapter later, like, Bella and Edward just go back there and hang just out. Just go back there and hang. <laughs> I wish I wish they let Bree live because yes, if you're going to raise cool. questions about, okay, how much, like, how much of you is still you? How hard is it to control yourself as a newborn vampire? Like, it, it is, the book asks these questions of Bella and then it introduces a character who could... Even if Bella just decides to go ahead with the thing anyway, like it, it could it could be used for the interesting contrast. It could set up 
an interesting dynamic within the Colin family. And then Meyer's like, you know, that would be too interesting. I'd better kill this. I'd better kill this child so that they these always, books don't, so they don't distract from our tiresome love triangle that we That's built. my favorite piece of writing advice. Kill your most interesting darlings. Kill your darlings. Especially the ones that people might want to read about. Kill them. Um, kill, your, he, kill your audience's darlings. So then it, it ends with them being okay. They're going to... They're gonna like turn her into a vampire soon and get married, I guess. Yeah, they're Al- Alice is planning Bella's wedding. Wedding, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, she's gonna let Alice make it yeah. a big thing. Um, she visits Jacob briefly. He's like, ah, whatever, King Solomon. I'm gonna be sad, but I'll be here. Have fun, I guess. Right. Um. Well, she she acknowledges that she has had this. Like premonition of what could have been, where yes, that's true. Like we, we like yeah. we said earlier, like she sees this. If if she had never met Edward, she and Jacob would be together, and they would be happy, and they would have kids, and they're this like Bella would never have to make this decision between the living and the dead, which I would feel more strongly about if Bella ever had given it even a second's and, consideration. And and what we talked about before the rules of werewolfism. The werewolves are caused by the vampires. So one right. of the reasons that the pack doesn't like the Cullens, or don't like the Cullens, I guess is more accurate. They, w- they wouldn't exist if the Cullens were not around. They right? wouldn't have to be freaky werewolves, which they admit is like fun at times, but also like they have the weird group chat. Um, you know, they get into danger and stuff like that. It's and messed up like relationships that yes. some of them have. We find out yes. that Leah Clearwater, the... um the spurned lover i guess yeah is is a werewolf i think she's the only girl werewolf yes and she is very like bitter about it in a way like she she is bitter about it and because all the werewolves can hear each other's thoughts always she is kind of a bummer (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh and the we get an epilogue from jacob's perspective where she does not make me like him anymore by the way nope 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 um not a head i want to be inside She's talking to Jacob about it and how everybody's getting bummed out by him because he's just thinking about Bella all the time, too. And they they talk about how, like, the imprinting thing works and how they have feelings for people. And I would just love it if it if there was maybe one person who had, like, imprinted on a person of the same sex. Like, why is werewolfism, like, holding to a strict heterosexual binary? It seems like that... Why did supernatural Mother Nature make that decision? You know, I think if you're gonna, this is just long enough ago where I think if you're gonna go and take a bold stance on whether virgins can, like, wh- whether people who have had sex can get into heaven, I <laughs> I think you're just gonna assume also that all that heterosexuality are... is 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 the only way to go only way to go and if there were supernatural beings they would only go that way yeah I, uh, okay stephanie meyer in fact probably the easiest way to argue that vampire all vampires go to hell is to make them be like bi or sure. whatever is <laughs> just in, in the morality system that the book this, has established yes. uh-huh. Yeah, the 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 only way to establish them as as demons is to make them be out slightly outside of the monogamous heterosexual norm. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get Jacob complaining to Leah in like a very f- 
Chandler Bing way. Like, why are you making us think about a dude? Why are you part of the pack making us think about a man? Could you be any more? (laughs) Could you be any more of a bummer? He calls her a harpy at one point, which seems Ah, harsh. Also, also, are we going to get, can we find, can we get some harpies in book four? I feel like if we're playing with all these supernatural beings and so many of them are male, can we get some harpies? I'd be up for some cool horse people too. Ooh, horse people. Yeah. I'm always down for some horse people. Or a Bojack Horseman sort of vibe. So I guess that's the book, huh? Yes. I'm. Oh, the eclipse thing. Uh, um, Edward is a moon and Jacob is a sun. Oh, and yeah. Edward blocks out Jacob from Bella's perspective. And then also when Victoria, the vampire who has flame red hair comes, Edward stands in between Bella and Victoria. And that also is sort of like an eclipse. Great. Glad that you found that. Thank the you. The book's cover has a ribbon on it, and Stephanie Meyer says that the ribbon symbolizes a break between Bella and Jacob, even though a ribbon is like not in the book. Yeah, there's, so there's also there's the thing. The one <laughs> these book are has all a, just fun facts. The one, the one book has an apple on it, which is like it's a choice between good and evil. Remember it the symboli- Bible? Yeah, right. It symbolizes apples. Yeah. Well, in the next book, <laughs> there will be more vampires. I oh Andrew, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Okay. Um, but I did have something spoiled for me about Jacob in the next book. I also think I, I think I have the same thing spoiled for me. Okay. So, but we won't spoil it for our audience who surely has not had any exposure to the, this book series before <laughs> before we talked about it. If we missed your favorite scene in Twilight Eclipse, um, or I you also desperately want, do not want to hear about it, <laughs> or you also want to email us about how you threw away your Team Jacob jerseys, um, do that at overduepod at gmail.com or hit us up on social media, twitter.com slash overduepod and facebook.com slash overduepod. They actually don't mind when you burn your Team Jacob jerseys because they know you're just going to buy another one later on when yeah. you get back on the team. Yeah, when they when they make the playoffs again and they release the retro Jacob jerseys. I'm a um, fair weather Team Jacob fan. <laughs> God, it's such rough weather these days. Um, <laughs> thanks to Natalie, Karen, Dan, Dan, Lena, Debbie, Ricardo, Laura, Michelle, Kaylee, Adrian, Rob, Sarah, Elizabeth, Gloria, Emma, and many more for spreading the word about the show on social media this week. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? They should go to OverduePodcast.com, which is our internet website. Up there we have a bunch of links you can use to subscribe to the show and get new episodes when they drop on Mondays. Or on other days when we do bonus episodes, we also have a link to our Patreon project. That's patreon.com slash overdue pod. You can donate a little bit of money to us, help us pay for books and hosting and equipment, and also get a little bit of a little bit of stuff in return. We try to keep those rewards fun for y'all and and they've been pretty popular over the years. So um so yeah, thanks. Thanks, gang. Um Next week, you are reading The Roundhouse by Louise Erdick, Erdrich. That's right. And I've been, I've been told that it has no relationship to the Nickelodeon show of the same name. Just saying. I hope One that, can hope, that ends though. Up being, I hope that ends up being wrong, but <laughs> there you go. Um, anything else? No, that's it. Thanks for going on this vampire journey with us, y'all. Oh, and we're, we're going to finish the fight with uh, episode 350 so that's when we're going to read breaking dawn and be done with this forever forever i will not read the gender swapped twilight no i will not either death first (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody Uh, until we talk to you next time 
Thanks for listening and try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.